Welcome back to Grand Rounds, Season 1, Purpose in a Pandemic with Jennifer Weiss and Leah Weiss. We were able to spend some more time with Roshi Joan Halifax today. I certainly felt that after our 20 minutes together, I had a sense of how to proceed during this surge of COVID as a physician with more purpose and more moral compass. And I am excited for you to hear her words today to help to bolster your spirit as well. Here we go. Put your head on my shoulder. Great to see you, Roshi. Thank you for taking the time to come and connect with us again. We were both so moved by um, our last conversation with you. And, um, you know, one of the things I would really benefit from hearing your thoughts on thinking in terms of um, what we're coming up with now with the COVID holiday time um, and, you know, how the holidays in a, a more typical year are, can be emotionally challenging for so many people. And, you know, particularly this year, I'd love to hear your thoughts about um, uh, building, for lack of a better word, resilience in this this moment. Um, some inspiration from you would be really welcome. You know, I think about um, what Viktor Frankl uh, wrote about choice, um, that um, we have the freedom to choose. Uh, in a way, that's a, a kind of uh, brave perspective. Yes, we do have the freedom to choose, but um, did we choose, for example, uh, the virus entering into uh, our lives uh, of service in the way that it has for many? Um, how do we actually work in conditions that are so uh, challenging, both physically, um, also morally. And how do we maintain integrity in the midst of these conditions? So, you know, there's some people who are constituted to um, work very well in the middle of crisis. And um, usually uh, those kind of individuals are working in uh, a context of crisis that has a, a time limit. Um, what I see is um, that this virus uh, and the calls upon clinicians to meet this crisis um, is, is just going on and on and on. And so when something episodic becomes chronic, if you will, that is uh, the stress moving from you stress, that is stress that is positive, where you're really rising up to meet uh, difficulties. But after a while, the body and the mind need an exhale. And you stress begins to transform into uh, distress. So I think one of the most important things um, is to uh, remember um, what it is to be operating from a foundation of moral character, that is to um, be serving from the strength of our convictions, the, uh, the, the strength of uh, our aspirations, the, the uh, strength of the values that uh, brought us uh, to medicine in the first place. 
and that we endeavor always to um, engage in action that's uh, consistent um, with our ethics. And of course, to understand um, that to preserve our integrity and the integrity of the systems in which we're uh, serving is to be guided by, informed by our deepest values and to be deeply conscientious and to connect to who we really are, which is not to forget that um, most people who entered uh, the vocation of medicine, <clears throat> of nursing, of caregiving, uh, had an aspiration to deeply uh, serve. So, you know, part of this has to do with um, understanding how moral residue works. That is, we can't always meet um, the high bar of our aspirations, um, the clarity or purity of our values. And we also know that in working in these conditions of high demands, there are uh, unmet obligations and unmet commitments that occur when we have to make hard choices and that we are caught in this situation of prioritizing one value over another. And um, when uh, there is uh, uh, a, I wanna say, you know, when harm arises, when things don't turn out well, how do we work with this experience of moral residue? Now we understand that moral residue is about unprocessed moral suffering. And um, what uh, it takes really is um, the exhale, the capacity to uh, actually nourish the conditions for insight, um, for uh, a, a perspective um, that has, uh, um, that is wider and deeper. It also takes a deep commitment to um, our uh, developing a capacity to notice um, what our body is saying when there's uh, fatigue, when there's stress, when there's uh, sleeplessness, um, when uh, fear arises and we can really sense it in our gut and we're experiencing extreme upregulation. So I think many uh, in the uh, clinical professions tend to dissociate from the body. But um, in working with clinicians over these many decades, um, it's become clear, and also in, in my relationships with colleagues like Dr. Tony Back and Dr. Cinder Rushton at Hopkins uh, and many others, um, it's clear that the body is, uh, we have to reclaim the body as clinicians, not only to listen to the body, but to take care of the body, to get grounded in the body. You know, and it's also essential that um, we recall our intentions, that we do not uh, lose the, the sense of why mo we moved into this path of service and um, to understand that integrity uh, respect, the capacity for empathy, uh, grounded in compassion, um, makes it possible for us to stay, hopefully, um, 
in this, uh, if you will, perfume of um, why we entered into this uh, uh, profession in the first place. And I think one other thing is important, and that is um, uh, we spend a lot of time railing against reality. This is what we've been given. Nobody wants this pandemic. Nobody. Nobody wants to be caught in the grip of this crisis. But this is uh, where the charnel ground for us is right now. This is where we're learning. This is where we're serving. And it will pass. Things will change. And what it represents for me is an opportunity to look at um, how clinicians are educated and how medical institutions are structured so that care is not only directed toward patients, but care is also directed toward those whom serve. I am wiping my, wiping my eyes because it's just so beautifully said and landing so deeply with me. Um, I had an experience this last week of um, working with Indian surgeons, um, pediatric orthopedic surgeons, and one very uh, senior and um, revered, really, uh, surgeon um, suggested that the reason that he um, continues to go on is because he has been successful in, as he said it, accepting his lot. And he thought that that contributed to his um, energy. And I personally, and I know others grapple with that very altruistic and perhaps pathologically altruistic mode. And then two weeks ago, we lost an orthopedic surgeon in New York City to suicide. And so the words that you're giving me help me and to bridge between those two very different yes. surgeons. And I thank you for those words. You know, I think we have to continually remind ourselves that we are whole despite the restraints and the chaos around us. And that no matter what, even if it's the sort of small, we're still doing the best we can under these circumstances. I think that um, our uh, tendency to diagnose and judge is um, one of the ways that we undermine our morale. Our, it's like we become a unidirectional gravitational surface of futility. We're just uh, sucked out by the sense of not being enough. But in any given moment, this is the enough, if you will that exists. And that is the moment you're meeting with whatever one has. And to remind ourselves, even if our best on any given moment is seems rather small, still, we did not hold back. We did the best within the range of capacity in that moment. Roshi, this word that you're using of wholeness is really um, a powerful one. And I'm wondering, you know, I thinking about that from 
several levels, hearing your thoughts about what does it mean to reconnect with this wholeness at the individual level, and what does it mean to to reconnect with it at organizational system-wide kind of level, how to think about the individual's functioning, you know, in, in so much of the stressors that are coming out of a system. How do we think about addressing in in your I um, in in your work the interplay between the individual's resilience and the need to create better systems? And then I'll throw one more meta layer on top of this of, you know, the word wholeness is also making me think about, you know, as in this country moving from such a polarized bifurcated time and how do we, you know, come together and move forward. So I, and this word seems really powerful. I'd love to hear you unpack it at a few different layers, if you would. So, you know, one of the things that comes up to me is that the word whole shares the same root as heal and as holy. And um, how do we do that? You know, I think one of the ways that we do that um, is through respect. Um, respect for ourselves. Respect for those uh, who, with whom we serve and those whom we serve and also respect for the principles and values that have guided um, our life. So, you know, uh, we understand that respect is rooted deeply um, in internal views and beliefs related to how we value life, how we value others, and how we value ourselves. And in a way, it's a kind of acknowledgement that we share a common life and a common destiny. And I feel like um, this is uh, one of the first steps that uh, an individual, a team, a patient, an institution, um, one of the first steps uh, on the path of healing, on the path of restoring wholeness. And we know that for respect to be present, there has to be some sense of authenticity, uh, some sense of also of integrity. And in addition, uh, we have to have some degree of self-knowledge, understanding um, of uh, how we see the world and what is important to us. And it's to understand that respect uh, entails uh, feelings of uh, worthiness. Is uh, this colleague worthy of my respect? Well, this is a human being. Is this patient worthy of respect? You know, and I read this article about the clinician who was Jewish clinician treating a patient um, who... Uh, had a swastika uh, um, tattooed on his body. And uh, still, this is a human being. And if we aren't able even to step up to uh, an individual where bias or hatred is present and to see the truth of that, but also to drop deeper, this is a human being. Every human being, no matter what, 
is worthy. Worthy of life and worthy of respect. And it also means that um, uh, we honor our uh, choices. We do the best we can, but it is to respect the choices that um, uh, we have made in terms of how we, we give care. And those choices involve uh, integrity and they involve uh, truth-telling. And it also, um, those choices mean um, that we're uh, trusted. We, have, we are perceived as uh, trustworthy. So, um, you know, in terms of this healing process, I look at it, you know, you, you can start this notion of becoming whole or healing, but actually I feel you have to step uh, through the door of respect in order for wholeness uh, to, to be restored. Yeah. So I, I am a Jewish physician who has treated uh, more than one patient with swastikas tattooed on them. And um, early on my career um, coming up against that, um, somehow probably by luck came to really um, uh, a mantra at that time was just what you're saying. This is a human being yeah. and I'm going to breathe through this. This is not about me. Um, and it's hard to keep coming back to that, but um, thank you for acknowledging that scenario. Um, I want to, before we wrap our precious time with you, um, to just really thank you as my um, friends and colleagues have reached out to me, my surgical colleagues, what I've recognized is that my friends who are in critical care and um, geriatrics and palliative care are so amazingly familiar with you and your work. But those of us in my world, um, I'm feeling really grateful to bring your um, spirit to them and um, continue to amplify that and just such huge gratitude from so many of us. Thank you so much. It's an honor to share the little I know and I have to uh, acknowledge also um, everything that I have learned has really come from others. You know, I have a certain amount of insight and so on, but, you know, it's working closely with colleagues like Cinder Rushton and Tony Back and others in the healthcare profession, and also with people who are critically ill. So whatever I know has been, uh, uh, I, I've been benefited um, by relationship. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I do hope this serves in some way. And I do feel that we are in a positive healing crisis now in relation not only to medical institutions, but also in terms of uh, medical education. We can really look at what is important in order to uh, uh, revive um, not only the importance of cure, uh, but also the importance of care. And that care is not only toward our patients, it's toward our colleagues and toward ourselves. 
Roshi, thank you so much. I just adore you and I'm so grateful for our relationship and how inspiring you are and in um, your generosity with your time. Just adore you. Please stay healthy and stay in touch and we will, we will do the same. Thank you for your work and my heart to you all and keep safe. You too. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. I hope that you have gained some sense of peace and hope through this time that we got to spend with Roshi Joan Halifax today. We look forward to you joining us again soon with Grand Round Season 1, Purpose in a Pandemic.